It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, May 19th. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is excited to get right into our Tuesday Future Flyers to talk about Wyatt Kalnuck. I am loving these episodes, and this one is no different. Me too. I am so excited. I feel like I, after doing one of these episodes, I just tend to love the fly, the prospect even more, and Wyatt is no different. We have to let you know that Locked on Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe to get all of our episodes and all of the episodes about our prospects on your phone instantly. We are your hosts. I'm Danielle. And I'm Rachel. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes exactly like a candy bar. It's delicious. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Okay, so like we previewed, we are going to be talking about Wyatt Kalnuck. We are joined today by Todd Molesky, who writes for the Wisconsin State Journal and has watched Wyatt all three years at Wisconsin. And then, of course, we'll wrap up with our Flyers fun thing. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. Tweet us any of your questions for our weekly mailbag, or just let us know how you're doing so far this season or which prospect that's your favorite that we haven't previewed yet. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. So before we get into the interview, let's give a little background on Wyatt. If you forget, Wyatt was drafted in 2017, and he was the seventh round pick, picked 196th overall. When Hexall picked him, he said that Wyatt is a smooth skating defenseman. And when he goes to Wisconsin, you'll see he's a late round pick, but he did take a huge step. Just watch the way that he skates, the way that he reads the game and the way that he passes. It's all impressive. And I think that quote is basically just like it sums up Wyatt because he has found so much success at Wisconsin. Um, It's clear that Wyatt has the potential to be a diamond in the rough of a draft pick. His freshman year, he played 37 games. He had three goals, 22 assists for 25 points. In his sophomore year, we saw um, he played the same amount of games, 37, but had nine goals, 16 assists for 25 points. But this year, his junior year that just wrapped up, he played 36 games, had seven goals, 21 assists for 28 points. We'll talk about it a little bit more in the um, interview, but he was also picked for the NCAA Big Ten first uh, team all-star. A lot of accolades for Wyatt, and it's it'll be really interesting to see how his season progressed and how he's progressed since he's been there. So let's get right into the interview with Todd. All right, so as we previewed, we are here with Todd Molesky. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yes, Todd is a uh, Wisconsin State Journal sports reporter, so he has followed Wyatt throughout his season at at Wisconsin. So let's just jump right in. Wisconsin didn't have the season a lot of us expected them to have. Um, it seemed like it was a bit of a roller coaster um, and they kind of ended up underperforming. Can you just give us a little background about like what's going on with the program? And did you see that it might have had any effect on Wyatt's development? Sure. Well, for some background, this was year four of uh, the Tony Granado coaching era. Uh, he came in in 2016 on the heels of uh, two really down years for the program, mm-hmm. one with four wins, uh, one with eight wins uh, in the last two years under Mike Eaves. And so he was brought in as 
as a new voice and 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 came in with a lot of uh, excitement about being a team that uh, would push things offensively and be more open in the way that they played. And, and for for years, the Badgers had a reputation of being defensive minded. They would win a lot of two one games or three one games. Those kind of things where you weren't going to see as a fan maybe a ton of uh, scoring chances open play, open ice, even though the Badgers play at home on an ice uh, that's almost Olympic size. So there's more ice to play with, but it, it would be a little bit more locked down uh, from a playing style. So when Tony Granato comes in, he brings a, a style that he wants to have players go, go forward, uh, you know, not give up, you know, completely give up defensive responsibility, but always be thinking of getting the puck forward uh, into the opponent's end of the ice. Um it works pretty well the first year, but the last three years have all been losing seasons. And those are the three years that uh, Y Kalnick has, has been with the Badgers. And so it, it's, it's hasn't worked out to the way that people thought it would, given that Wisconsin has historically been a, uh, you know, one of the blue bloods of college hockey. It's been a, a program that has won six national championships, uh, has, has been in uh, just kind of at the top of the conversation, has won the best uh, facilities in college hockey. So it, it's one of those teams that many people assume will always be part of that mix, but over the last few years, it hasn't been that way. And so uh, this last season was was targeted to be the uh, the resurgence. Uh, you, you had a, a, a growing uh, in, in development class. You had a, a group of players that had been around for a while under Granado and then you were adding this group of freshmen, uh, right. Alex Turcott, Cole Caulfield, uh, right. Dylan Holloway, and, and everyone kind of figured that, well, that's going to be the thing that that probably pushes it over the top, getting them at least into the NCAA tournament. And from there, all you have to do is win four games and you're a champion. And so it's kind of a, a toss up at that point. But it just never got to the point where everyone was, it seemed like never got to the point where everyone was moving in the same direction. Uh, and it got to, you know, when they got to the, the mid-season break, they were really struggling and it, they turned it around a little bit in the second half, but then it, it, it did fall short in the end. They six games under 500 lost in the first round of the big 10 playoffs. And that's, that's where the season ended anyway, because that's when COVID-19 came in, but they were, their season was done. And, um, it, it was definitely a disappointment for, for, for them to, not uh, make more of what they had talent-wise this last season, and and uh, to the question of you know did does White Kellogg's development you know have some get affected in that? I think it does to the extent that he um, you know he he sees a lot of ice time with the Badgers. He's uh, you know the first guy out there. He quarterbacks the power play. He's going to be out there, you know, five on five, a majority of the time, it seems like a lot of nights. Um, he was asked to do a lot. And as as it got a little bit more difficult for the team to win, I feel like they were you know, leaning on him even a little bit more to try and turn it around. And it it didn't, uh, for whatever reason, and some of those reasons, it's, it's still hard to come up with given seeing the talent that was on the team. Uh, it, it didn't work out that way. And I think he's... Um, you know, everyone has has their share of of responsibility for it, and and White Kellnick being the the captain of the team has you know maybe shouldered a little bit more than than others did 
uh, in terms of responsibility. Um, but he, he also had, you know, in looking at it big picture wise, he still had a pretty good season as a player individually. And so that, that I don't think that should be left out of out of the picture here either. You know, as part of that, you you mentioned the prestige of the program, and it seemed like Wyatt had always wanted to go there specifically to play with the defensive coach there, Mark Osiki. And how do you think he's grown under Osiki's tutelage? Well, Mark Osiki is, has had a reputation of being kind of a defensive savant as a, uh, a coach. He was an assistant coach with the Badgers. Uh, in a previous term, uh, before he left to become head coach at Ohio State, he had worked with players like, you know, Justin Schultz, Ryan McDonough, um, you know, it, 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 you know, these kind of bigger names that came out of Wisconsin and, and then made something out of themselves in the NHL as defensemen. And so what I've talked about with Marco Siki in terms of how he's, you know, tried to tutor Wyatt in the last three years, it's been a lot about... White is is good on his skates. He's a good skater. Uh, what I've heard and kind of what I've understood from the way that's tried, been tried to be taught, um, he can be more efficient on his skates. Uh, he can, even when he was in juniors, he would sometimes get out of position because he knew he could get back quickly enough to to shut down plays. And as you get up into higher levels, that obviously becomes more difficult. You can't rely on that. You need to be smarter about uh, where you are, where you need to be. Uh, and those are the things that I think he's worked on. And, and you can see that the growth, the, the, the kind of the year to year, I wouldn't say transformation, but just kind of adding on little parts of his game to, to make that better, to make himself, uh, you know, be more, uh, I, I guess I, I want to say responsible. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but, you know, understanding where you can push it and where you can't as, as a defenseman, when you know, as an offensive defenseman specifically, I guess, when you know you need to, to be able to get back and defend, but you're really <laughs> out there, uh, trying to get pucks deep and 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 kind of create in the in the offensive zone as well. That's that's been one of the the big things I think is uh, has has grown. But I, I think it's also important to to mention too that he originally signed with Western Michigan. He was going there until things changed in I think scholarship money and um, you know just maybe a, a an outlook for playing time. Uh, he, he was able to get out of that. Then he kind of went back on the open market. I think he heard from 30 different teams, basically half of a Division One college hockey. Uh, and, and then it got to the point where he saw Wisconsin as being the best opportunity for him as a defenseman to, uh, to, to move forward. That's interesting. I didn't know that about Wyatt. Um, yeah, I didn't know that he was signed to Western Michigan. We, the Flyers have a couple players over there, too. So that'll be, that's interesting. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here, and let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cash Back Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? 
Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. So um, you touched on it a little bit, and and I definitely agree with you that we can't it can't be forgotten the season that Wyatt had. I mean, he was able to produce seven goals, twenty one assists for twenty eight points in thirty six games as a defenseman. Um, what do you think it was? What it is about his game that allowed him to continue to be successful um, and have a successful season throughout the ups and downs uh, of the Badgers as a whole? Yeah, well, he he does get a lot of ice time. Like I mentioned, it's, he's out there a lot. They're going to put him in a lot of uh, areas to be successful. Uh, you know, it's up to him to actually make the plays and, and do it, obviously. But they they run him out there on on the, the first power play, taking a, a lot of time. And and he has, uh, you know, from right when he came in uh, three years ago to the Badgers program, he was looked at as a, uh, you know, someone who could. Uh, you know, get pucks through to the net. You know that that's becoming a lot more, uh, you know, difficult. And 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 you know, when you see when you have defensemen or, or people that run the top of the power play that can that can do that, they become much more valuable. And he was able to do that right away. And uh, you know, it it's not easy. People learn tendencies about you, and they you know when they study film, they pick up things. And so it's become a little bit more difficult for him to do that in his second and third years. Uh, in college, but he had that that knack for getting the puck through and and, and being able to start plays and and, and kind of know where everyone is on the ice and, and be able to distribute. That was one of the big things I think helped him this year was that he's, you know, when he's out on the power play, he's got Turcotte, Caulfield and, and Holloway and these these other really, you know, skilled guys with the puck that he can get the puck to. And I think that's that helped him a lot. Uh, being able to have that level of player playing with, uh, you know, it, it, it looks a little bit maybe like what he's going to see at the, at the next level when he, you know, plays, you know, I, I would imagine maybe there's an AHL bridge to cross to get to the NHL. But uh, when he's on the ice with all players at that level, he's, he's you know, has the ability to, to work with them and to, uh, uh, you know, kind of fit in to that level, I think. That is good to hear that, you know, you, you think that there is a good path there for him. And you're right. He did have, you know, tons of other talented people around him. So uh, that actually bodes well, given sort of where the Flyers young player development is at. And I think he'd have good mentorship there. And, you know, kind of speaking of that leadership path, he was given the seat his junior year. So could you speak to his leadership on and off the ice? Yeah, he's, you know, the Badgers had a a very young team this last season, the second youngest team in college hockey. Uh, only three seniors, one, uh, two of them being goalies, uh, one uh, that played most of the season as a forward. So it was a, a team that his junior class was, you know, some of the older guys and it had a really young and, and, you know, and freshman class, a, a large freshman class and a young freshman class. I see that saying that uh, three of them were directly out of the national team development program. Uh, another one was, a, you know, a 17 year old when he started school, he turned 18 before the season started. But um, so it was, you know, taking that into consideration, this young group, 
um, having a lot of expectations on the shoulders, he, he, I feel like took that upon himself a lot. He was looked to in a lot of ways to be the guy to, to bring things along on the ice in the room. Um, that, that's a, that's a lot to put on someone's shoulders when, when you, uh, when you take a step back and look at it to the point where they're, uh, you know, he's been a captain before he's, he's done those kind of things before, but maybe not at this level, maybe not with this, this visibility. Uh, there are a lot of scouts looking at the Badgers this season. A lot of people just in general kind of saw them as a really interesting team to watch because of all the prospects on, on the team. Um, and so that I think did weigh on him a bit. He, he had talked at, at one point in the season, I'm trying to remember kind of the exact words he used, but basically that, um, it, it, it's a big responsibility. Uh, you know, when you look around the room, you see the guys around you that you're supposed to lead. And you also look around, you know, the Wisconsin program at the guys that have come before you. Uh, who you're trying to live up to. That, that's a lot to carry as, you know, he's a 22-year-old last season. He's, he's not necessarily a young guy, but, you know, he, he's still growing into that role. And I think it took him a while to, to get to a point where he was able to, to play with that and not let it, uh, maybe not bring him down, but uh, get in his way of, of trying to play his game. You know, he's out there to play, do what he needs to do, but he's also responsible for a lot of other guys. And I think it took him a little while to adjust to that. And maybe that kind of did play into the the way the whole season turned out uh, team-wise. That's really interesting. I mean, the Flyers have a ton of prospects that are in leadership positions for their teams. And this is, this is the first time that, you know, one of them, it, it was seen that, you know, having that C on, on their jersey, it, it, it just talks about how, important that is and how it plays so many different roles in you know the team overall and how that could affect his game so it's interesting that you you talked about that with Wyatt but um yeah I I just think that's that's it's genuine and that's a thing that a lot of players can have so it's it's interesting that he kind of had it was an adjustment for him Mm mm-hmm now, Wyatt, of course, was named uh, to the Big Ten First Team Honors this season. Uh, what did you think about his game this season that uh, stood out to be picked on that team? Well, he's, you know, had a role in everything. I think other teams, you know, and taking a step back, the Big Ten was a, as it usually is, a really competitive league this season. Uh, and maybe that's the detriment of, you know, producing a team that's going to run away with things and be a really, you know, you know, a number one team or something like that in the country, because there's that level of competition within the league that kind of makes it, you know, I hate using the word parody, but it's, it's true. It's the way it is. Um, So in a league that has uh, a lot of talent in it, he was able to stand out just because he was able to, you know, be a, someone you would notice during every game. You know, maybe they, they always weren't the, the greatest notices. Maybe he was out of position a few times, but he was in enough plays that mattered uh, for his team offensively, defensively um, to to warrant notice. And I think that's when you're talking about defensemen at, at this level, you see them a lot when they're, um, you know, when they make 
consequential plays. And, and, and that makes it difficult sometimes to pick out the guys who don't play necessarily as a defenseman in an offensive role because maybe they're just blocking shots. Maybe that's the way they contribute a lot. Or maybe they're just playing a heavy game. Um, the way that the Badgers had their defensemen uh, organized this season, Kalanick was with a uh, uh, partnered with a guy that, you know, a couple of guys really that that were I would consider to be more, uh, you know, shut down defensive defensemen uh, playing heavy games. Uh, Tyler Inamoto was one. He's he's a, a shot blocker. That's you know he, that that's what he does. <laughs> he 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 plays in his own zone and he does it really well. Ty Emerson for later in the season uh, they put Kalnick with. Uh, he's the same kind of guy. He's just a you know a gritty guy that that is a hitter, does well in his own zone. Uh, has a little bit more, uh, you know, offensive flair maybe than Inamoto does, but that's you know still not the big part of his game. I think that let um, Kalnick play his offensive role a little bit more, uh, and and have the freedom to to move that forward a little bit, uh, just because he knew he, he he had a guy with him as a deep partner. That was going to be able to cover for a few things. Um, and it, going back to what it's something I said earlier, his speed lets him cover for a lot of things, too. He's able to get back and 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 fill in a lot of things. Now that against quick teams, maybe that didn't play out as well as the Badgers would have liked. And that was a little bit of some of the defensive struggles I had. They When they struggled, it was most often that as a group of five on the ice, they didn't retreat to their own zone well enough. Uh, to shut things down quickly uh, and maybe gave teams odd man rushes or just zone time to be able to create and, and wear uh, Wisconsin down. Um, but in, in just what makes him stand out is just that he has that presence. When he has the puck, he's going to understand where it needs to go. He's going to understand where his teammates are, where opponents are to be able to play off of them or, you know, play around them. Um, to to create zone time and that's the thing that i think uh he's dangerous with is that when when he's able to keep the badgers having zone time he it it kind of grows that likelihood that they're going to get a good scoring chance that they're going to be able to be um you know generating something that that might turn into a goal scoring opportunity that's some good insight and i think you know you're talking about his speed that's something that flyers fans want to hear for sure I don't know that it's, you know, off the chart speed, but I think it's noticeable enough. Uh, you know, if if you're just watching him specifically, which, uh, you know, I don't get a, a great chance to do. I'm trying to watch, you know, 30 things at once during a game. But if you key in on him specifically, you're going to see that stride that just kind of, you know, at some point looks effortless. Uh, you know, he's a bigger guy, but he's he's. He still needs to put on a little bit more weight. I think that's something that he would admit to. Uh, it, uh, more strength will help him out at the higher levels. But it, the, the speed is going to be something that he's going to have to build on uh, you know, throughout his game, wherever he's playing. And most kids usually do. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So if you talk to Wyatt, 
at dev camp last summer. He was excited about returning to Wisconsin, you know, partially because he wanted to win a championship. And like you've been talking about, they fell short of that goal. And a couple of his teammates have already decided to go pro. Uh, What do you think his prospects are in terms of returning for senior year versus potentially signing an ELC with the Flyers? Yeah, this is something I've kind of gone back and forth on. And there's a different, you know, with this year, there's another layer to everything with uh, the coronavirus and not really knowing what things are going to look like in the fall. I think that that adds for for everyone, for a lot of players in the same situation, has added another wrinkle to to their decision making process about all this. And and you know why it's being deliberate about it. When I talked to him uh, a few days ago, he was you know he didn't have anything really to say or to share about it. He said he'd probably have it. He'd had, would have a decision. I think he said in the in the next thirty days. And so that's you know the time frame he's working on. But um, I, I, I think, you know, if you put everything on, on the table, he's got a chance to probably go play in the AHL for a year or however long it, it, it is. Um, or he can come back, be a senior, you know, get, get closer or finish up his degree. However, you know, whatever the, the picture is like for how many credits he needs, um, and, and, you know, there's, you know, the thing that, you know, Flyers fans probably won't like is that, you know, if he does come back for another year, then he's got the, the, the free agency potential uh, next summer. So he, he can play it. He, he's got uh, he's holding a lot of the cards here so he can uh, play it in a way that I, that suits best for him. Um, I just don't know how much you know, where's going to be the best place to play next year? I, I don't know if, if there's going to be a college hockey season or a full college hockey season. I don't know if there's going to be an AHL season. So that's really the thing that's, that trips me up when I try and think, well, it's leaning this way or it's leaning this way. I just don't know how that uh, weighs into, uh, you know, how, how you make a clear-headed decision on this. And, and once he does have a decision, I'll be – uh, you know, really interested to hear how, ask him how that uh, factored into things. But, but right now I just don't know. Um, I, I would say it's probably, a, uh, you know, given that he's a, a draft pick, he's played three years, there's a pretty good chance he signs, but he was a, a seventh round draft pick. So he's not necessarily, you know, one of the uh, high, you know, high round uh, values uh, that that he would uh, uh, be getting. Uh, so maybe he can. He's trying to play that for a little bit more than than some other seventh rounders, I guess, would be getting. Yeah, that's always the uh, that always gives me a little bit of anxiety. We had a, a player like that this season that did end up signing with the Flyers, and Wyatt is always in my mind. I always figured he'd go back to school. Um, but you're right with what's going on right now. It it does throw a wrench in everyone's plans. So. It'll be interesting to see what he chooses. But if he does go, end up go, going with the Flyers and signing, where do you see that his ceiling for the NHL? And, and what kind of role do you think he could play on the Flyers or more realistically on the Phantoms, their AHL team? Yeah, he's going to have to be a guy that works his way up, right? That's I feel like his um, the, the track he's on has been something where he's he's had to 
you know, add to his game at every point, at every season, every, you know, every time he changes levels, he's, he's had to, to just become better and adjust to that level. So I think, you know, his ceiling, I, I, I can see him being an NHL player for a, you know, a good number of years, maybe not a superstar, maybe not a star, but a guy that's in that, that you know, rotation of six players um, and gives you some good minutes. Um, you know, we've seen he can play power play time. I don't know if that's necessarily going to translate to the pro level, but he's got that mentality. So I think that's valuable uh, when, when you move forward. Um, and, and he's, you know, he's a player that can, um, that logs a lot of minutes. So if, if that's asked of him, that's not going to be difficult. I don't think for him, he's, he's in good shape. Um, he, he handles that well, you know, everything, every time I've asked the coaches here about, you know, is he playing too much? They, they say, no, he's fine. He, he lives for it. And so, uh, I think that's a, a, an important thing to, to keep in mind is that, you know, he's going to kind of fit into whatever role they want for him. Will he be able to, it will, it'll be different for him if he's playing, you know, eight minutes a game, um, as opposed to the, you know, 20, 22, 24, sometimes whatever he gets now. Um, but that's, uh, you know, that I, I, I think he'll, he's the kind of player who's, who's smart enough to adjust to whatever, uh, is going to be asked of him uh, because he's had to do it a few times now. So uh, I think that's maybe the best way of saying it. That's good to hear. You know, just thinking about the Phantoms' defense, uh, he there's no way he'll be playing eight minutes a night. <laughs> just so yeah. bad they were. He will they will throw him in the deep end. I'm sure of it. <laughs> and he would definitely have a role model in Ivan Provorov in terms of playing lots and lots of minutes and being trusted with those minutes. Yeah, I, I was just throwing that that. Yeah, he's a I, I, I don't really necessarily know too much about, you know, I, I focus on college level guys, but um, he, he's a guy that I think will will have a pretty good uh, shot at uh, at sticking around for quite a long time in, in the pros. Is there a current NHL player that you'd compare Wyatt to? No, I, I don't know necessarily enough about current NHL players, uh, but one guy I've heard uh, him compared to a few times here at Wisconsin, and this is out of the, you know the Marco Siki influence of someone he's coached to, was that he reminded him a lot of Justin Schultz, um, and it's an interesting maybe comparison to, um, you know that the way that they control the game I think was the way that it was being described that they can. Be a guy that you know is comfortable with the puck on a stick, um, doesn't panic, calm kind of player, knows who's around him and who he can and get move the puck to and and what's the best areas of the ice to put it in. Um, and and I was thinking of the 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 Justin Schultz comparison. It's an interesting his, his Schultz's career started with Edmonton and you know a bad team that wasn't going anywhere. It, it looked like maybe his career wasn't necessarily going anywhere big. And then he moves to Pittsburgh, uh, you know, gets in a better situation, better team, uh, you know, better surroundings. And it, it just clicks for him. And he, you know, he has a really good year in a, in a, uh, a good, and a good playoff run in a contract year. And that turns out well for him. And so maybe if that's, uh, if that's the way that it turns out for him, um, I, I think, he, he'd be all right with that. Obviously you guys would, would like it to, to be that, 
he doesn't need to, to change teams that he would go to Pittsburgh and, and work out there for him, but, uh, or go to Philly and work out there for him instead of having to move to, you know, another team. Um, but that's that's the the comparison I, I've heard from them from a Wisconsin perspective anyway, guys that have played here. Yeah, no, and that that makes sense. You know, the thing with Schultz is that he was just put in a position, the right position for him. He wasn't just thrown in the NHL running like the number one defenseman, which hopefully if why does decide to stay in Philadelphia, um, he would definitely be able to slot in at a position that's he's comfortable at and like his, you know, where he's should be ranked as a defenseman on the, in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And I think he's um, going back to what I said earlier, he's, he's flexible enough that, uh, um, and he, I think he knows that he's got to be flexible going into uh, if he's going to go into a pro situation that that's, you know, you're, you're a commodity then, right. And it's, you know, you've got to fit what's needed of you. Uh, you know, they're going to try and, and, and piece things together the best that they can give, given the talent and, and what each guy has, but there's gotta be some, you know, you've got to work with your D part. You've got to, uh, as, as a power play guy, you've got to find out what works, uh, for those other guys to, to, to be, uh, flexible enough to, to, to make it kind of gel. And so I think that's been something he's done pretty well here. You know, I, I wouldn't hate it if he turned into a, into a Justin Schultz, but that's good that he is flexible because I think that will benefit him the most uh, in the Flyers development uh, system. But Todd, we have to say thank you again, because that, that you gave us a lot of information about why I think a lot of Flyers fans don't remember him too much, but I think that he is definitely a prospect to keep our eye on. Yeah, and, and you know, remember he's a seventh round pick, so he wasn't necessarily a guy that was on a lot of a lot of people's minds in 2017 when he was drafted. So he, uh, you know, if, if he does become a pro player, that's a that's a pretty good win for the Flyers, I think. Yeah, and he was always seen like after his first season with Wisconsin, he was seen as like a player that could be a gem of or a steal in the draft because of how yeah. low they picked him. So yeah. you know, we definitely are rooting for him. Yep, absolutely. We have to give a special thank you for Todd for joining us. We that was a ton of information about why, and I think so. It was just so good to see what type of player he is and the type of captain he is for Wisconsin. Yeah, it's been quite a ride for him, and he's kind of had to scratch it and claw his way up into a more prominent conversation. But you have to give him all the credit in the world for doing that. Exactly, and it'll be interesting. I mean. Todd didn't really know which way why it will go, but he said within the next month, we might have some information on that. So that is very interesting. I am interested to see which uh, route he takes. Um, I think there's a good choice for either one, but obviously I'm rooting for him to sign with the Flyers and be on the Phantoms next season. Same. So we will wrap up, of course, with our Flyers fun thing. This was a little hard because surprisingly, as much as what is talked about and all the awards that he has had, there's not too much uh, like videos on his play. So we found this really good um, Twitter post about one of the, the goals that he scored this past season, and it is a phenomenal goal. So we will link that in the show notes. Take a look at that. And then also the postseason interview. I love uh, to stir the pot a little bit, and it honestly seems like in this interview that Wyatt is ready to move on from Wisconsin. Again, we don't know, but have a look. We will link that interview again, um, and you know, 
figure out for yourself if you think that Wyatt might sign or if he might not. I am of the idea that he might sign. I don't know. What about you, Rachel? Yeah, I mean, it seems like that's what he wanted, at least at the time of this interview. But again, you know, college allegiances are pretty strong polls. So and based on that interview, I really think he's he's a really thoughtful kid. And so I don't think he'll take this decision lightly. And we'll just have to wait and see. That's a perfect way to wrap up today's episode. Guys, thank you for listening. We'll be back again tomorrow where we have our weekly mailbag. So get your questions in. We always want to hear from you on Twitter at LockedOnFlyers or via email at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle. You can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Now tune in to the latest episode of Locked On NHL. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.